0: You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for missionaries and leaders living out their God-given calling through this small expression of the church. This podcast is meant to encourage, equip, and contribute to the overall discussion of this smaller way. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for people brave enough to be small. This is your host, Tommy Wilkerson, and in this series, we are looking at microchurch life. And so different questions and different things that microchurch leaders need to take into consideration as they go about developing starting and continuing in their microchurch. And so this particular episode, we are looking at patterns and forms and rhythms, kind of this general uh, topic of almost liturgy and, and, and patterns for your microchurch. Uh, but we're titling it something along the lines of rule of life, just because that seems to be a conversation that's being had right now. Uh, And for this episode, I'm super excited. I got two of my favorite people in the whole world joining me on this. And so I got Jeremy Stevens, of course, and I have Lucas Pulley, uh, who have graciously agreed to engage me in this conversation. And so, guys, thank you so much for hopping on this episode.
1: Happy to join. Thanks, man.
0: So uh, we were talking a little bit before about this, and it just seems like uh, perhaps you know rule of life, even though that's maybe a piece of what we're going to talk about. It's not the entirety of the thing, but it seems like there is this conversation about rule of life happening a little bit more uh, today. So, I mean, I would have heard of it maybe in a more individual context, but it sounds like I'm also hearing a little bit more currently about Communities practicing a rule of life, uh, Lucas. I know you've done a lot of work on this stuff, and so I would just love for you to kind of catch us up to speed on that. Like, what is a rule of life? What is the conversation that's happening right now, uh, and maybe how that pertains to microchurches and microchurch life?
1: Yeah, I mean, on the so if we just take a second on an individual level before we get to the the micro like uh, uh most of the conversation happening right now and at least over the last 15, 20 years around rule of life has been individually based and it's been around like sp- spiritual formation conversations. And the, uh, the thrust of it is like le- both learning from history and learning from modern experts around um, – like we have – just take the manifesto for example. you got 18 values, aspirational values in the underground manifesto. You want to be a person who like journeys toward embodiment of those values. and you could probably name every, like a way that you um, uh, uh, want to improve on every single one. like in your love of scripture, in your love for com- each other community, in your simplicity, in your uh, uh, view of the world, like 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 taking some kind of spiritual concern uh, for what God is doing around the world. And what it means for you to actually grow like have some spiritual formation around those aspirational values is to build in practices we we don't think our way to a new way of acting we are act our way into a new way of being so we have to like build out habits or practices that help us lean into embodying um uh, uh some, some of these values and and what can be overwhelming is if you try to create like one habit or one practice for every single way that you want to become and you've got you've got 18 this is this is just like in uh, apart from christian communities like the broader conversation around like january 1st resolutions i'm gonna have 15 resolutions i want to i want to get better in these 15 ways and two weeks later you're not doing any of them it's just because it's way too much for a person to actually commit to and handle like in the f- formation of habits and so what happened what happens is is th- this idea of practice-based rule of life or um or even sometimes like a, a value-based rule of life where you're just trying to say, Hey, here, here are, it's like a dis, like a contemplative discernment process where it's like, Lord, what are you leading me to press into it th- right now? Not everything under the sun, not like becoming perfect at every habit right now, but what are like the, th- the three to five practices that you're inviting me to right now? Um, to like at this stage in my spiritual formation, um, and so you know people can kind of like evaluate their own spiritual formation journey identify a handful of practices that touch on a few different values that they have and then try to like stay committed to those over time but the communal they're the the consideration of communal rules of life it it falls under some of the same like values you know some of the really memorable ones in the like missional conversation people who have been in the missional conversation for a while I think, was it Mike Frost that talked about the bells? You remember the bells, Jeremy? Like um, somebody wrote about that, it, but it, it was either the yeah. Ferguson, maybe it was Dave Ferguson or it was Mike Frost. It might've been Frost. But that's- I know
2: Hirsch like, mentions them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so, so it's like an acronym. And it's a practice-based rule of life for a community to stay committed to. It 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 was like bless, listen, eat, share, serve, I think is what it stood for. And it was like every week our community is is committed to having like an action step in each of these areas that's a practice based rule of life um, and so there's been there's been conversations around how to steward a community in the way of Jesus through memorable like uh, um, replicable uh, uh, kind of practices that we can all stay committed to and it's I think I just think it's like a helpful framework or tool um, for micro churches when they're moving from and i'll let jeremy say more about like this transition but when they're moving from phase two to phase three and they're going from like experimentation chaos they're just trying to like learn like what's what might work what might not work what tools are helpful what's not helpful as we go about trying to be faithful and obedient to what the lord's uh, calling us to eventually you start to like figure some things out and you have to codify it in in phase three and a rule of life is, a, I think, a helpful way that microchurches can try to can try to codify for a com, for a community how they how that community is caring about our relationships with one another, caring about our missional engagement with the world, caring about our own individual spiritual formation and contemplative practices. It's just like you're managing a lot uh, in, in the discipleship of individuals and the community, and so landing on a set of practices together is a really helpful way to do that. Jeremy, do you want to share more?
2: I so I was just imagining myself being a spiritual wet noodle yeah. <laughs> and then and then saying okay I need to make commitments to like get in the spiritual gym yes and do some spiritual crunches yes and you know drink more water spiritual water like uh, maybe that you know the new year's resolution but in the spirit yes you know but but not just as an individual but as a community saying hey we're all wet noodles here or, you know, yep. similar to like maybe a soccer team would go, Hey, we need to practice together. We need, to, we, there's a certain type of play we want to engage in or s- style of soccer that we want to uh, play, but that takes practice and it yep. takes like, Hey, we, we got to show up at a particular time and practice certain things and do certain drills and have a, have a commitment level. Which which I think in this day and age, the commitment level in the submission to something external to yourself, like you use your agency to say, I submit. Yeah. And then in that submission, you're now accountable and you come underneath it through that commitment. I think that's very important, um, especially as we move to like phase three microchurch development, because you're not just trying everything and doing anything. You've you've already done the experimentation. So now you have to commit to something. Now there's like a sense of we think Jesus really wants us to be and do something in the world. There, there's a there's a more clear sense of what that should look like, but that requires a commitment because otherwise the the wind and the waves is going to come, and you're going to quit. Or you're gonna you're gonna be like I just we just don't feel like doing this type of Bible study this week. We don't feel like sharing our faith this week. We don't, we just don't feel like giving our money away in this kind of way. Like because we don't feel it anymore, we're no longer committed to it or practicing it. So it takes some kind of commitment that's external to our feelings, um, you know, to come into submission to. Yeah. And I think at some point you have to have that conversation, which includes language and. If you find common language, I would say, yeah, that's a rule of life. Whatever common language that you come to produce that series of things that you're committed to and accountable to, and you're going to practice that, that you could probably say, yeah, that's our rule of life as a micro church. So whether it is like a, a bells or bless or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be super catchy. It just has to be yours as a community that you say, yeah, this is, we want to, we want to do this. But I think for me, Tommy, right now, that I think there's something about the commitment and the submission that makes this very potent. Um, and, and I would say maybe the, when we talk about rule of life, uh, we mean it differently than maybe some of the self help communities totally. or the so, some of it, some of that's been co opted to be like just kind of care for yourself. Yeah. Um, we we mean it slightly differently. We do think Sabbath. And, and things like that is like Jesus cares for us. Like he's, he loves us very deeply. <laughs> he's not just using us as cogs in his wheel. Um. So anyways, I, I just think there's something about that commitment and submission to something outside of ourselves. Yeah. That seems to be very important right now in our cultural waters.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You guys talk about it. I mean, you know, there's a few things that come to my mind. One, I remember maybe in a previous episode that Jeremy, you and I recorded, um, in talking about sort of the ecclesial minimum and looking at the elements of each and how they, uh, maybe what are they, how do we achieve them as best as we can? And there is something about community that is about shared purpose. There is synced activity. There is, uh, you know, shared life that comes yes. from, you know, all that becomes part of how we form and achieve community. Like when we talk about community in microchurches, like that's actually what we're after. Not just like we are friends and we see each other once a week, but we, this movie is movie night. Yeah, this is kind of some of what we're trying to accomplish. And as you talk about this, it's like, oh yes, this to me feels like it's getting into that, like you're talking about with codification, the sense of us, like we are something. And, you know, part of the way that we exist in the world, what it means to be part of this spiritual family is uh, this list of maybe shared activities or, uh, you know, synced patterns or something. And so it's not even just that, you know, really we're after rule of life necessarily as like a a panacea, but it's, it's maybe there's just patterns and things that we exist and we share together and we commit to doing and that's part of how we feel. Yeah. Uh, in this family with yeah. one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what would be really bad
1: for a church community or for any Christian community is if the rule of life becomes a new law, you know, that we're like judging one another by. And we're- Instead of circumcision, we say you got to cut off your left pinky. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's just a different body part. It's just a different body remove. part. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> we just create a new law. And what, but, but like what we- you, you are creating like um, expectations and standards and practices, but it's our way of trying to discern with the Lord, like who are you leading us to be in this season and how do we put language to that? And, you know, so it's always, it's, it's, but again, if we turn that and we start like making those practices, like the goal, like a, like a checklist, then it, it gets really unhealthy. But, you know, tell me do you, you think and- that's go do ahead. Do you
2: think you subvert the new law if, if, because you, you delay the the formation of the rule of life? Like if you delay the formation of the rule of life, like does that subvert that human tendency to make yeah. it, versus you start with a rule with, of life right. as a yeah. church, You say, yeah. hey, we already figured this out from day one, first time we gather, first time we try to reach people, we're doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's our rule of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Do, do you think that that's part of the, the secret sauce to avoid. I mean, still, there's probably still some sort of danger. Yeah. We always are susceptible to new laws and yeah. pharaohs and, and idols, yeah. but yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely think that that's a good word, Jeremy. I think that's definitely part of it. Like and even not delaying, not just for the sake of like, um, like let's actually pursue Jesus and try to just like love, love the people he's sending us to love. And then we kind of have this conversation around what makes us us in this season. But even being able to answer that question with a group of people instead of like an individual, that's what makes the delay mm. important too. It's not just me with a whiteboard yes. trying to decide that and like predict what God, what God, what kind of a community God is going to build without actually going and experiencing anything. Um, so yeah, I think like discerning it in community. And then the other thing is like having – even when you do have a, like a phase three micro church, like deciding together what's our – What's kind of our – our like some practices that are going to sort of govern our community that we're going to submit to together and carry out – are going to carry us together. These practices are going to carry us together for this season. Being able to revisit those every year, at least annually, and sitting yes. down together and being like, is this rule of life still what the Lord is inviting us to do in this season? Or does one of them need to change because the times have changed or our community has changed or – You know, part of it too is like once no longer Christian.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a good point. You gotta make some changes. You gotta make some changes. Like start start at the base. Like, hey guys, do we still want to be Christian? Right. Okay. Uh, At least once a year, you should. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jesus says daily, but at least once a year. At least once. (laughs) Are we still Christian? Yeah. Let's check on that. Let's check. Okay. Okay.
1: But I think even if some of those, if it's a practice based rule of life, and like one of those practices, like. If one of those practices becomes an actual habit, and you don't have to, it's it's unconscious. You're you're doing everybody's kind of doing it unconsciously at this point. Well, at that point, it doesn't need to necessarily like be a part of the rule of life anymore because the rule of life is sort of like let's let's what are the things we need to put in front of each other's mind because it's not natural for us. You know, we're trying to we're trying to get improve at these habits, grow at these habits, and so okay. we don't like our community doesn't have a piece of it. We we don't so our our house church has a rule of life right now that's called five four three two one. Um five and what it stands for is five everybody individually is committed to five days like a week in this like in the scriptures. Um uh four hours of shared life a week. So that's the modalic, like four hours of modalic together, like deep life fellowship together as a house church. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um 3 hours a week of like incarnational life on mission uh and two uh touch points per month with like a sa- a smaller uh same gender group for like accountability and pry- prying into each other and like asking incisive questions. And then the one stands for one collective outreach per month that we're kind of like all doing together. You're now you per
2: month? Yeah, per or
1: month. One. one per month. Oh. Uh, because we're like an incubator, so everybody's kind of like going and doing their own, like they're a part of their own spaces. But we st- we still want to have like one space where we're all kind of doing something together per month, um, something creative. But you'll notice on that list five, four, three, two, one. There's nothing about generosity. There's nothing about like uh, contemplative prayers, like a, like an exam or something. Like that. But these are good things. It's not like we're saying these aren't worth doing or praying for healing. Yeah, exactly. But, but we're Mm -hmm. saying one of two things, one of two things. We're either saying like, like this, there's a value that's already so natural to us because it maybe, maybe because it was a part of our rule of life for a couple of years. And so we actually have habits around that now. So we don't need to make it like this memorable thing right in front of our faces that we're like trying to be in submission to. And we're going to keep each other accountable for you. Or because we're not perfect at that thing, but we're just, like, in discernment with the Lord, we're just thinking, like, it doesn't have to be the tip of the spear of our spiritual formation for, these, for, the, for this season as a community. Because um, we can't we, – let, like, let's actually pick a few things that are going to, like, actually be the tip of the spear for us uh, as a people. So, um, you know, that – so that 54321 is the one that grounds our community right now it's similar to bells or Ble- you know some of those other ones and um and it's our way of trying to build like rhythms that are going to carry us in like mm-hmm. healthy microchurch rhythms I, you know Jeremy you've, I know you – and there's probably been other podcast episodes on microchurches needing to exist in modalic and sodalic space and you need to like think intentionally about how you're going to exist in both spaces and so Let's have a rule of life that helps us define that as a community, and like where that, like you said, Jeremy, like something that is outside of ourselves that we are all in agreement to. You know, um, something that we externalize and commit to together, and can kind of ground our accountability. But also, not not just designs the life cycles of our like the the life environments and spaces of our microchurch, but even some discipleship. Like let's let's take a year and be super committed to the scriptures together and like being asking each other about it, talking with each other about it, open places of question and conversation. Um, and that's been a really life giving for us. I don't don't know about you, Tommy. Um, it's been great for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, like I have questions and then I feel like y'all answered them, uh, within like the first, (laughs) within, within the first question, the first answer. So awesome. Uh, I don't know what that means for the listener if that just means you're just in for a long conversation of who knows what from here on out but uh no cause, I mean one of the questions that I did have and this is an interesting tension in my opinion is like I as we're talking about this being something that emerges in phase 3 like we have there's a sense of us so I mean one question that I have Uh, whether or not this is something that happens organically or like organically you sense like, ah, in order for us to get like, it feels like we just need something else. Like it it feels like maybe some of these things we've kind of stumbled into and now we're having to name some of that, like it's organic. Or if it's like if it's oh, no, now we're entering phase three and this becomes important. And so let's sit down and actually like drill this down. So that's like one question I had. But then the question that I had as you guys were talking about this emerging in phase three is that is it possible to introduce this too early, which it sounds like the answer is yes. Uh, But then the flip side of that, I, I also just think about it's like the importance of trying to build culture and establish culture. So like as the leader of a microchurch or as somebody who feels called to whatever, plant the gospel amongst a certain community uh you are also kind of setting the the temperature the the thermostat for the rest of the group there's you know which kind of gets into discipleship plans it gets into a whole bunch of stuff right uh and so maybe it's not that the rule of life is totally nailed down and this is what we do but yeah how do you balance that of like trying to set culture without you know converging on a method or a pattern too early uh yeah, like walk me through that a little bit for the listener.
2: I think in, in my mind, in my theory, I would say rule of life is the culmination of culture formation. Mm. That at the very beginning, you do need to be thinking about culture. It might be very basic. We, guys, we just want to love each other and we want to love homeless folks and we want to love Jesus. Okay. <laughs> it's super general. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you're just going, whatever else we do, we have to do these things. And that's the beginning of the culture. That's, if someone comes in and says, I don't, I don't want to love Jesus, or I don't want to love homeless folks, or I don't want to love other Christians, or, it's like, well, that's not what we're doing here. We are loving each other, and we're loving the homeless, and we're loving Jesus, right? So it's at least, even though it's super general, it's like, well, what form does that take? What rule of life would you have? We don't know yet we're at the very beginning of Mm -hmm. that formation, but we do have a sense of we want to be in this stream and what stream we want to be in. And I, I think it does require leadership, even gentle leadership, kind leadership, fruit of the spirit leadership, but it does require somebody going, we are about something or we, at least we want to be, we hope to be, we long to be, and we're also not about something else. Because if you're, you know, Jesus is Lord, which also means Caesar is not, right? So, it's, mm-hmm. it, like, we want to love Jesus and each other and the homeless. and But that means there's, we're saying no to some other things at some point. And th- that does take leadership. Somebody saying, even apologetically, like, man, I get it. I, you know, we should also love women coming out of the sex industry. But, oh, man, it just feels like w- this community should be a community that really loves and focuses on the homeless, or something right so that's culture that's the beginning of culture formation who we are who we want to be yeah it inspires us it it kind of attunes us to each other through mm-hmm. through something outside of ourselves um and then also i i think it implies but also can explicitly contain we're also not into this so we're into reconciliation being ambassadors of reconciliation which means we're not into unforgiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that's not something that we do here in this group we don't we don't fester unforgiveness in this group and we want to see the grace of god and the kindness of the holy spirit convict us of that and root it out of us you know mm-hmm. so we're about something and we're also not about something and that i think that's cultural formation but i see as michael church's experiment being that culture living into that culture them starting to create forms around that that's the kind of the emergence of maybe a rule of life yeah that eventually begins to be named or talked about or it just feels right i i do think there's a lot of that happening and then i think leaders come together with that feeling and go okay we need to codify that we need to kind of seal that up because because again i you know you, you could be doing it for a while but then if you if there's no commitment to it, then you know then it was just a fad. It was just a phase. It was just those two months where we did Bible study. This or you know it seemed like everybody just really was hungry for the Scripture and we're reading the Bible and we're talking to each other about it. But it seems like this is a rule of life. But without the leadership of some saying, "Yeah, guys, we need to really commit. Like this is something we need to commit to. Yeah. Is reading the Scripture for the next year in this type of pattern or form." Then it'll it'll fade out in two and a half months. So I think there's some things that should be like that. It's it's just a, it's just something that comes in and out of the life of the microchurch. It just man, it just seemed like we had a bunch of random times where we got together for barbecues over the course of the past couple months. And there was a birthday party here. It was like man, we were seeing each other like like how they did in Acts. They saw each other every day. You know, that's what it felt like. Is that something you should codify? Is that a rule of life? Now you have to see each other every day? Or is that was was that just called summertime? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kids weren't in school, and there was a bunch of birthday parties. And it was good. It's not bad. It was good. But it was just, it's not something that you want to make a rule of life. So I think there's those things. They naturally emerge. They're a blessing. But they also should naturally fade.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think we're talking about something different. It's the culmination of culture formation, and it requires leadership to say, Hey guys, I th- I think we should submit to this. I think yeah. we should commit to this.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and I guess you could abdicate that leadership responsibility, which then would make it too late. Yeah. It'd be like you would delay it too long. Yeah, you know, either in the culture definition or in the rule of life definition. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're you're kind of just um this is an oversimplification, but you're you're kind of just clarifying things that you would be disappointed if people didn't do or did do. you know, like it's it's like things that are like if it goes unspoken and somebody somebody in the microchurch isn't engaging in a certain thing and that's disappointing or they do engage in something and that's disappointing or something. It's like it's trying to clarify what are those expectations instead of leaving them unspoken. and and again you can't clarify every expectation on the sun so this is like a cult it's a culture formation thing but it's clarifying some of those expectations so that you can actually look each other in the eyes and like actually make commitments to both to before god and to each other to this externalized like practice um so that there can be the commitment i i can't agree with jeremy enough about the commitment piece and the submission piece and um you know I'll, i'll I'll sing the praises of this book for decades, but the book Living Into Community by Christine Pohl. I uh, love that. Man, that book is so helpful. And, you know, she she just clarifies like four practices that, um, his, across uh, historically and uh, uh, around the world are grounding practices that help communities thrive. And, um, and each one has like an antithesis that kills a community. And those uh, life-giving practices are expressing gratitude and telling the truth. The second one, the third one's hospitality, and the fourth one is making and keeping promises. And that one—that's the one that felt like a little less. The other ones felt intuitive to me, but that one was a little less intuitive. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting."
2: Cultural right now. Yes, that's right.
1: Like actually, I want you to make promises to me and keep
2: them. Yes, I'm not gonna make them to you. <laughs> correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's how we that's how we roll nowadays. Yep.
1: Yep. And that's the thing. Like though, uh, um, it's it cannot be overstated. Like how important trust is the to these communities to micro tr- relationships generally, and to these communities and to networks. And you, we could have a whole podcast episode on trust, like social trust and what it is and how it's made, like a Christian view on trust and when to give it, all that kind of stuff. But trust in individual relationships and communities is is built on promises made and kept. And a lot of times like when we either uh, hesitate to trust each other or don't yet trust each other, part of that is because we're leaving so many of our commitments to each other and our expectations unspoken. And we're, we're either not telling each other our, what we're committed to or we're not telling each other our expectations, one way or the other. And then it's sort of like a, a minefield of like breaking people's unspoken expectations or breaking unspoken commitments. And then there's, you know, when those things are, uh, uh, those exp- unspoken expectations or commitments are broken, a lot of times we, the, the recipient of the breach doesn't say anything. And doesn't like um it sort of like internally shuts down the relationship, like this isn't worth pursuing anymore without having a conversation and kind of gives up on the relationship or gives up on the community because of that breach, but never actually has a conversation. Part of the reason they don't have the conversation is because they don't have grounds to have the conversation because they never communicated their expectations of their commitment. So they have nothing to go back to and say, Hey, remember when I we said that we were gonna be like this and you weren't, you know. Um so it's just I don't know if that's just a western thing like if if like eastern I've always wondered that like if eastern cultures or other other places around the world like are more quick and innate and natural culturally to like make commitments to each other like just fluidly but it does feel very western that we're like part of it's like we're so afraid of commitment that we don't we we don't make promises to each other cuz we don't want to be held to anything yeah, don't
2: restrain my freedom.
1: Um, yeah, don't restrain my freedom. You know, so, um, but that's a that's a part of this too. Is just like this is what helps communities thrive is just naming co- and making commitments together out like outside of yourself.
2: Um, it, it's really a huge piece of discipleship.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: especially for the day and age. Again, if we if we cross national boundaries or cultural boundaries, that that might fluctuate some. Yeah, but it it does seem like. Jesus is like, no, count the cost. Yeah. Like there's a commitment here. There's a death to self and we got to help people do that. And, and th- this is just a mecha- I think this is just a mechanism for, for doing that. Yeah. Doing that spiritual work. You know, you want, you want to hear some of mine tell me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Please. I don't know if they're any good, but th- these, this is what we do currently. So we have kind of, we, we name some of the cultural elements and then we name the kind of rule of life stuff. So kind of, we have a, like a liturgy where this isn't every week, but mm. on, a, on a regular basis, we'll, we'll basically say, Hey, we want to embody the foundational teachings of Jesus and invite others to do the same. We want to build life on the foundation of his love and serve others. We want to be faithful in little. So we're given more. We want to be sermon on the Mount people. And we want missional accountability. So, you know, that's just a summary statement of our culture. This is what we're trying to be. This is what we're trying to do. If you're not really into that, you're probably not into this core community. Um, and then we have, we, we also have a numeric kind of rule of life based on hours per week. Um, and it's, a, it's a three, two, one. So we're not as spiritual as Lucas's group. <laughs> so. That we, you know so we have three hours to commit together as a Christian community uh, so like the modalic gathering spaces so that that, that there's a couple of different ways that might happen um, different different times that may mm-hmm. happen um, two hours a week devoted to uh mission and that could be either outreach or helping somebody investigate Jesus or actually investing in somebody who's come to know Jesus so like two hours a week and and we've included hey man if you can, if you don't know people that are interested in investigating Jesus, um, pr- then pray, then intercession. So part of outreach is intercession. So we've tried to really bring in the spiritual practice of prayer yeah. into outreach. Sometimes we think outreach is always just going meeting somebody at the coffee shop or something, but it's like, but sometimes you don't have that person. Well, do you just give up that week? No, you you do prayer walks or you just get a wall of list of name of people you pray or. just sit before the feet of the Lord and just Lord who God we're asking for the nations to be won over you know that type of thing so so three two and then one is the 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 same thing like um you know coming together same gender groups once a month
1: yeah um
2: just for additional accountability some some of those conversations that can't really be had yeah um, maybe a mixed company uh so yeah that's that's our kind of thing and it's definitely not a law because it's you know it's just us trying to be be ourselves but this is a way for us to have common ground conversations yeah about expectations you know
1: yeah Yeah, i've kind i've kind of um started to this is like fresh like in the last couple weeks i've started to think about this but the we, there's such a temptation, especially like outsiders coming to look at the underground or people who are new to the microchurch conversation. They're like asking questions about microchurch. There is like a temptation to flatten down – when people are asking like, what's your microchurch like? They're asking about an event in a place. That's what they're asking. They're asking about a, a like yeah. a two-hour time in a place, and they're asking like
2: – In your living room, Bible study, brownies. Yes,
1: totally. They're, so they're asking – when they ask like, what's your microchurch like – they expect the answer to be about an event. Yep. Um, or when they're they're asking like, what do you do for your microchurch? They're asking about an event. And a lot sometimes even we fall susceptible to that sometimes when we're like in phase two and then we're like trying to codify in phase three. A lot of times we start to think like, oh, we have to cram down everything that our microchurch does or operates or cares about into one moment per week in a place. So it's just like maybe what you would call an event based paradigm of the church that like what the church is and how it functions is through some kind of weekly event and i think what what mike what microchurch the theology of microchurch the mentality of microchurch has done is to break that paradigm and to say microchurch is actually a way of life and it and it expresses itself in, a, in maybe numerous different events throughout the week that look different and they serve different purposes and they're in different places and they have different people but you can't actually point at any one of them and say that's the microchurch like that's the entirety of the microchurch it's it's the microchurch is actually like this expansive way of life that's like it's kind of if happening you pointed up.
2: to the family dinner is that that's the family
1: yeah it, that's a great analogy that's it's an unbelievable not, one. yes yes
2: yes the family's there also it is not the family Yes. Also, sometimes you just have dinner. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: And I think, what's, I think what's happened lately is that um, I've started to realize like we we didn't just shift the paradigm of um, how you perceive – how you identify church or perceive church, something like that. But um, when you take that away and you make it more of this like life existence of church, like people have a hard time understanding when they've become a part of it. Like they, they, they're like, when am I a part of people internally have that struggle. And then when you're trying to describe it to outsiders, they have that trouble. So like, when is someone actually a part of the church or not? Like, when do you cross this threshold and you're like part, when do you know you're a part of it? And it's almost like the, under an event-based paradigm, the way you know, you're part of it is if you go to these events and, uh, and if the people aren't and the people who want to join it. They start coming to the event. So as soon as you break that event-based paradigm, you have to re-answer those questions because you don't like you've taken away the answers to those questions. And I actually think this kind of conversation around a rule of life, like these covenant commitments with one another, this kind of like um, clarified understanding of who we are and who we're going to be, that becomes the new answer to those questions. Like, how do you join? How do you become a part of the microchurch? Well, you you yes. To this rule of this life. Way. Yeah. Three, two, one. 1. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's how you know. Yes, that's how you know. And if, and if outsiders want to join, they yes. might start out at a at, like visiting at one of your environments that you have, but that doesn't mean necessarily they're a part of the microchurch. Yes. They, they have to discern and count the cost and say yes to the rule of life, which is carrying the community in this season. Like, are you doing that with us? Have you been to an adoption? I haven't. Like, in the courts? yeah, I've been to a few. It's like that.
2: There's like this, there's like this commitment to fostering and you're experiencing the family in, in fostering experience, but there is something different that happens in the court system. I mean, you have a judge yeah. who's like, are you committed? Like mm. it's something different is happening. But yeah, it's not like you experience some. I mean, other than spankings, I mean, immediately in both cases that I've been to, the vendors immediately went home and said, "I'm gonna, I'm (laughs) gonna (laughs) spank." We
1: were not not allowed allowed to do this. this.
2: this. Welcome (laughs) to the family. (laughs) Welcome to the family. And it really is like a rite of passage. Like, welcome to the family. You now get you get the full full effect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it, anyways it just i'm just tracking with what you're saying and and thinking that analogy yeah. with the family and saying there's ways people can come in and experience the blessing of the family through the events through the activities of the family but they are still not family yeah and the difference between the family is that some someone or something is judging it and saying yes there's commitment here. There's mutual commitment here, and they ask the parents and they ask the child, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's every, everybody's in on the commitment, not just the parents. You know, uh, well, I guess if the if the child can speak for themselves, um, if they're old enough, uh, is this something that you want? They they give the affirmative. So really powerful, um, mm-hmm. but also it's not like we're trying to be weirdos and close down our microchurches and saying. Like- you know, you're not really a part of this family. Yeah. You know, you could receive the blessings of the family. Totally. It's wide open, but that doesn't just because you came for dinner doesn't mean you're part of the family.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and so what's the threshold? And I think you're right. If it's not event event based, then there has to be some kind of covenant commitment.
1: Yeah. Based, you know? Yeah.
2: Yep. Hmm.
0: It's all really good, which I mean, I, I, now have more questions so uh <laughs> big surprise i feel like that's the thing i say on every episode is like you saying that sparks more questions um yeah as any but, great podcast host that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean i just thinking about israel right and uh of course you had the shame off right like um mm-hmm. i might have pronounced that totally wrong but you know part of how you know what they talk about is like, keep this before you at all times, like in, write it on your doorpost, write it on your windows, like put it inside your coat, like put it before your kids. It's just always there, right? Like do not depart or forget this law. And I, it just, I, as we're talking about rule of life and it, I mean, one of the questions that comes to me is, yeah, how often, how do you keep this in front of yourselves? Like, and so it sounds like for you, Jeremy, it's like, we bring this up at every one of our meetings. There's a liturgy that we go through, um, but then maybe Not the everywhere. the yes. was that oh,
2: right? We try on a regular basis. Yeah. Not every
0: <laughs> yeah, Okay, well there but you go. You on put, a re- I think you. Ha- I think you have to put it in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Some so then it's like if you're putting it in front of people. Yeah, to what extent, how regularly do we put it in front of people? How are we like how often do you guys check in with each other to say like, hey, like remember we had this commitment. We said 321, we said 54321 or whatever. We yeah. said bells and and how is that? Like let's talk about this. How do we reevaluate? Is this actually working for us? Are you actually being faithful in your commitment? If not, yeah, what does graceful accountability look like in that um and so I don't know talk with me about that like how do you uh, navigate some of that
2: Yeah I always have a reevaluation period at the end of every trimester so you you mm-hmm. kind of have the summer so you know there's some kind of debrief and reevaluation adjustments that launch us into the fall but usually December or early January there's again another reevaluation discernment adjustments uh and then you're looking at may somewhere around there um may or june you'd, you'd have something like that again i, I think that's where you reevaluate like hey I, I mean the whole thing i'm i just think that's those are good conversations that's a way to replicate even yourself as a leader is just let's have these conversations about we're trying to be alive as the church mm-hmm. we're trying to have the life of the church we're not just trying to run good events Lots of people could go get brownies and do some kind of basic Bible study. That's great. We we know sometimes that's really good, sometimes it's not. Well, what's the difference? Sometimes you are the church, and sometimes you're not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just did Bible study, and um, so, so I think evaluating on a regular basis. That's that's my rhythms, um, and then trying to trying to bring up those those phrases we we might even begin our time like in the name of the father son and the holy spirit you know this is a place where we want to to be like that might be our call to worship like that's yeah. quite liturgical but man I've, i mean bro 20 years sometimes we don't do anything like that it's you know <laughs> sometimes it's really you know leaning in that direction and other times it's 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 more organic and through conversations and stuff so
0: yeah, that is helpful, which, I mean, we talked about maybe, um, you know, I, I want to be sensitive to time here. I feel like we could keep talking about this, uh, but I don't want to miss this question that I feel like is maybe, maybe nobody listening has this question, but I have this question and maybe in asking it, you'll hear it and say, oh yeah, I guess that is a good question. Um, so we talked about the the difference between, you know, culture formation and rule of life. Like, how there is a time to introduce something like covenants and commitments and all of that. And maybe it's not too soon. Um, And it's kind of discerned out of what we feel like is important to us as a group. And then Lucas, you talked about things that, yeah, I'd be disappointed if people didn't engage in this, or if they did engage this, I'd be disappointed, which then makes me think about a conversation that we did have around discipleship plans and discerning the values for your discipleship plan. Um, And, even as we were talking before we were recording that there is a difference between rule of life and a basic discipleship plan but they do seem to share some sort of overlap in relationship and so could you guys just like name that for for me and maybe for the listener like what is the difference between the two where do they meet where do they diverge how do they support each other uh yeah take it from there yeah
1: lucas can do that that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna tell you to go first. <laughs> I think we're so um, the underground ecosystem has so much biodiversity. I think we use language and we don't mean the same things often. Like even on our own team. Because in in in, in, in our own microchurches. Um, so I think I've always perceived not all microchurches see it this way, but I've always perceived a basic discipleship plan more as like an individual plan that I'm, I'm working with, with people in the microchurch. And the rule of life is more of like a communal, a communal plan. So the basic discipleship plan would be sort of like the hear, respond, debrief cycles that like individuals, either they are, they're discerning on their own, like here are some ways I need to grow personally that's the, a, a, apart from the group like there's ways that I as an individual have certain areas of brokenness that I'm trying to be intentional about that the, this group rule of life isn't touching on but I'm very I'm really trying to be intentional about this and they either might say it or actually in my in my kind of one-on-one relationship with them I might suggest to them like pieces of their own uh, basic discipleship plan and um, as we're like walking together. And so that's how I've seen the difference between the true between the two Jeremy might see it differently so I would say um, a basic discipleship plan is not always this going to be sounded or a little confusing but a basic discipleship plan is not always a, a rule of uh, like a micro rule of life but a microchurch rule of life is always accomplishing a basic discipleship plan do you see what I'm saying like you could yeah the the the, the the rule of Life is doing discipleship. It is a discipleship plan for the community. Yes it is yeah. doing that, and so it's okay for microchurch leaders to like make a rule of life like with the community discern a rule uh, discern a rule of life, and that is functioning as a basic discipleship plan. They've done one, but um sometimes our community might go deeper with individuals and help them discern like what don't just rely on this kind of communal uh practice to relieve you of the individual responsibility to take ownership for your own spiritual journey and the ways that, like, the Lord is doing things unique in you that you need to be intentional about. Jeremy, I don't know if you have any more about the distinction I, I there. Think that's,
2: yeah, that's great. Yeah, good job. Thank, <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> is that how you've seen basic – like, when you have used the term basic discipleship plan for the last year, two years, five years – have you meant something similar or something different than what I just described? Yeah. More similar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the plan can have communal elements. Like part of the plan is delivery systems for these truths about Jesus or this, these formations. Yeah. But that could come through communal practices or or events even. Um, So the delivery systems often can, Flow between individual and communal, or even organizational. Um, but the leader, leader, or leaders of a micro church, I think, are still responsible for saying, "Right, if I want to root and ground somebody in the love of Jesus in this way, I'm going to help them find their way to this network event that we have called Jesus Encounter." Yeah, that's part of my basic discipleship plan. Yeah, right. Um, or, hey, I really want to work on generosity so i'm going to sit with an individual and talk about their giving practices and you know show them some scripture yeah and that would also be basic the yeah. plan but a rule of life could be you know we we're all committing to give 10 percent of our money away or yeah. something else.
1: right right um, yeah yeah it's the other the again these are just like tools in the tool belt you don't have to you know not not every community has to engage every single one but the other little distinct thing is like again in my mind not everybody shares this language but a community covenant is like a third thing that is separate from the other two like a rule of life and a basic discipleship plan you can see how they overlap a lot but they do they are slightly distinct and then i think there's this third thing that they kind of go from small to big you know if you if it, you know uh, uh basic basic discipleship plans like in my view much more narrow to the individual rule of life is like stewarding the community, which accomplishes, can accomplish a lot of the uh, basic discipleship plan. And then really zoomed out that you're you're maybe de- addressing or reevaluating the least amount. Like once every couple years, you're addressing it together would be a community covenant. And there, there's just certain things like the way you're going to deal with conflict together. Like the... Co- like a commitment to do to Matthew 18 each other. A commitment to, like, <laughs> if you have a, if, if, if someone offends you, you'll go and talk to them directly without talking to others. We, we, we'll be, we'll and be a We'll be a ceiling
2: on F bombs. Yes.
1: Yeah. A ceiling. We'll put a ceiling. Or Quantitative or ceiling. <laughs> I promise uh, to not exceed 15 F bombs. Yes. Correct. Yes. Conversation. Like, like being quick to forgive, like being people who are generous. Um, you know, like even, even sort of clarifying what it means to be a community that is viable for marriages and viable for families with kids and viable for singles. Like trying to be – how are we going to be a community that's like a, a good news community for all these people and not biased toward one or the other or something like that? That kind of stuff isn't going to make it into a rule of life. That that's like that's like two or three like practices that are steward. but there's still commitments that need to be made and kept. There's still things that need to be said to each other. That like, look, if you ever, um, if I'm ever, if I ever feel offended by something you said or something you did, I'm telling, I'm looking in you in the eyes, and I'm telling you, I I'm gonna come and talk to you about it. And I'm asking that you would be open to me open to what i say instead of like immediately defensive can we be open to it? that covenant is to each other like it's like it's something that you could look each other in the eye and
2: say hey brother hey sister i'm making a promise that if we're in conflict i'm or if i have something against you i'm gonna run yes to you and have conversation yes. like that's like I, i'm looking at you and saying i'm promising to have like to grow in affection for jesus or something like that it's yeah. nice because there's a way that we could covenant together towards jesus right and then there's the way that the way we phrase it is more like no no this is something that you say to another person yeah yeah you know is that is that kind of what you're leaning into with the covenant
1: yeah i think so i think so yeah mm-hmm. and even like i think the, that'd
2: be even a cool practice like look at each other like you, you kind of once a year you kind of read that off but you got to like read it to somebody's eyeballs to each
1: other yeah totally yeah and it could be it you know it's not just a conflict thing but it's like speaking uh, speak, like culture of honor stuff like speaking well of each other uh, to others yes. and and holiness making holiness commitments like to each yeah. like i'm i'm going to aspire to walk in holiness and w- and when i knowingly am, like when when i'm holding something in the dark i will bring it to the light of this community like i will confess to the light of this community maybe not to the whole community but to like three this the, the three or four uh, vo- ears and eyes in this community will be the recipients of my confession again that's not something that's going to make it in a rule of life but it needs to be said to one another it needs to be like verbalized yeah. to each other so that's more like the community covenant level and so it's just again but that overlaps a lot with the rule of life um but it's things that I and I think you guys have to it's things that I've experimented with in the past we've we've as a community we've wrote stuff like that in the past we've had like moments where we're we're reading that to each other face to face and it's been really powerful and it's it's bore good fruit you know later on in the in the life of the community because you kind of um you kind of discover the need for these types of things in chaos in hard moments not in good moments oh, yeah <laughs> so, so there's been great – I mean there's been hard situations in a community where we can look at each other and say, oh, no, but remember when we said this or verbalized this and, and looked at each other. And it's like, no, yeah, we have a common memory of being committed to these things together, and so let's live in light of those commitments. So good. So good.
0: Well – uh, You know, as we're wrapping up this episode, this is just maybe one little, uh, I don't know, twist, plot twist, is that, you know, a lot of the conversation, Lucas, you talked about, you know, practice based rule of life, which to me Mm -hmm. uh, implies that there is such a thing as other kinds of rules of life that are not necessarily practice based, which is interesting uh and so maybe that'll be another topic for another time so microchurch listener uh not today but you can you can sit in anticipation wondering what does a non-practice based rule of life look like uh and maybe one day we'll answer that question for you um until then you can uh look up google or read uh, adele calhoun's disciplines or something. I don't know what to tell you. Um, But guys, thank you so much for hopping on this podcast. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, okay, what do I do from here? Where do I go? I mean, I still think Brian Sanders' book on microchurches is just super helpful to give you kind of a lay of the land for what microchurches are, uh, as well as you know the different stages of the development. And as you enter into that third stage codification, as we're talking about, you will encounter things like you know, the need to define what exactly this thing is. So uh, covenants, discipleship plans, rules of life, commitments that you make to each other, all of that's going to fit in there. And so uh, if you are out there, that is what I would point you to. Uh, This has been Microchurches. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.